International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast uh, Again, welcome to you to a new episode uh, This is the first uh, episode in uh, 2024 And um, how is it with you, Ivo? Are you a guy who is, yes, it's Monday, and yes, it's a new year, new opportunities, or uh, how is it with you? No, I, I'm in holiday, so I'm I'm just lazy guy, sleeping sleeping long, and then go out for a short ski trip, and then enjoying the snacks in front of the TV. Yeah, uh, is it um, uh, much uh, just snacks, or also snacks on the TV? Yeah, of course. As a as a Nor- true Norwegian, I'm a big fan of cross country skiing. So when it's tour de ski, I'm watching. Basically, I'm watching every every minute uh, the whole the whole season of the cross country skiing and tour de ski is one of the highlights. So the last few days, I've been I've been watching a lot of that. Yeah, that's uh, always interesting. And uh, also, we are now recording first uh, of January. We have this uh, ski jumping competition traditionally. Uh, Four Hills tournament in uh, Germany and Austria. That's also uh, something to watch uh, during uh, Christmas and New Year's. But uh, from uh, skiing to orienteering, there's also happening some things in the orienteering world. Uh, uh, this uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, it was announced that Kasperfossa uh, is one of the nominees to Man Athlete of the Year in Norway. Uh, this is a not a competition, but uh, nominees, and then it will be a big uh, TV broadcast and TV show um, in one week, uh, that where they will announce the winners. And, yeah, so uh, so this is like the big uh, sports gal- gala of the year in Norway, and yeah, Kasper Fossey has had a good season, uh, world champion again, of course, uh, medals at the European Championships, second place in the World Cup, uh, but I think. Uh, of those 14 that is nominated for the male athlete of the year in Norway, Kasper Fosse will will not uh, he will not reach the height of uh, yeah like the footballer Erling Haaland or or uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen and those guys. So I I don't expect him to win, but it's always a, a big honor just to be nominated and yeah. Mm, so it's always good that orienteering get recognition in the mainstream media and uh, the big the big the big. Uh, how do you say shopping windows where people can see you? Yeah, it's uh, important, uh, but I, I don't think Cosmo uh, will be at uh, uh, at the TV show either because of uh, training camps in uh, Tenerife with the Norwegian national team. But uh, actually, it has been um, one Norwegian guy who has won this, um, uh, but then the orienteering was in the open class. Uh, Holger Hot won. Uh, in the Open class in 2006 after the World Championship gold medal in the middle distance. Yeah, and I think, of course, that's a long time ago, but if I remember correctly, he was placed in the Open category and not in the Male Athlete of the Year because it was only Olympic sports that was in the Male Athlete and then the non-Olympic sports were in the Open class. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I think so. That was the reason. So uh, it's uh, it has never been... Uh, Orienteering winner in uh, neither uh, the men or uh, women's class, uh, ju- just that in the open class. Um, 
But uh, then uh, at least Casper uh, is among uh, the greatest uh, in the Norwegian sports there. But uh, I think the prize will go to Erling Haaland or uh, yeah, Jakob Ingvarsson. Um, uh, from uh, prize givings and uh, nominees in Norway, we can uh, uh, head down to Denmark where they have uh, some new faces in the structure of the national team. Uh, uh, it's a lot of names there, uh, Ivo. Yeah, it's uh, that's a big, big team uh, that is announced. Uh, we heard a lot of yeah, Danish orienteering has been into an interesting period this autumn or, or early winter uh, with a lot of restructures uh, and a lot of different problems with the funding. Uh, so a lot of changes is happening. But yeah, Tulasen is continuing as the as the main coach, and then they have uh, got in a list of quite a lot of impressive names in orienteering that is doing small jobs here and there. Uh, so, for example, uh, Johan Runason, he will be the, the Forest national team coach. So he will be preparing the Danish runners for the European Championship um, in Hungary. Uh, Mikkel Lund uh, will go in as sprint coach. So he will prepare the runners for the, for the, for the world champs in Scotland. And then we have Ida Bubak uh, in on the as a women's coach uh, and also as a talent coach uh, i think that's for the under 20 group uh, andrine benjaminsen still in the norwegian national team still aiming for her own results but she's also into the danish structure for the talent team uh, so the for the juniors and also Søren bubach the former world champion he will also uh, be yeah it's a bit unclear what he's what he will be doing, but he will be like traveling with the team to the bigger competition, both for elite championship like world champs and junior world champs and stuff like that. Yeah, we see here that uh, Jeppe Rud, who has been together with uh, Tulosen earlier on, uh, he is stepping aside, and uh, uh, I think it's uh, all, all those names are having uh, yeah small part-time jobs instead of. Uh, yeah, one guy who or, or two guys then uh, having uh, bigger, uh, yeah, jobs in the team. Yeah, so if I understand it correctly, Tulosen still has like a really big, like a proper, uh, proper job with I don't know if it's hundred percent or if it's eighty percent, but it's in that region. And then and the other ones will have much, much smaller percentages. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Jeppe is out, and then he's being be replaced by a lot of guys to to fill up his uh, his role. Uh, but yeah, it's a very impressive list with uh, a lot of medals from uh, from World Championships, uh, from Junior World Championship, and so on. Uh, and this list. Yeah, but uh, uh, you should have the medals uh, by the athletes who is now active, not in the coaching list. But yeah, it's a lot of. Uh... Impressive names there. I think it's always uh, it's always good to have coaches that knows what it takes and that have experience from uh, from competing at the international high level. Um, but yeah, um, of course uh, the Danish team have some very interesting runners uh, with Søren Tranødem in in front of those. Uh, but yeah, I think it will be hard for the Danes to win to win medals at the World Championship and European Championship next year, but maybe in the future they have some young guys that can be very interesting in a couple of years. Yeah, uh, interesting, absolutely. And uh, also interesting is uh, the new posts on the homepages of the two uh, World Champions this year, Joey Haddon and Matthias Kibbutz. Uh, I don't know if you have read, the, the, they have summarized uh, the autumn in the forest and 
and uh, in the streets of Italy. Have you read those posts? No, I haven't, unfortunately. So, but that's on my list to do uh, when I get uh, when I get home from the mountains and uh, can get into more daily routines and not uh, sleep until nine and so like that. So then I will find time to read those things. Yeah, it's uh, really good, and uh, yeah, you uh, you can learn a lot about that if you have ambitions and also interesting uh, for uh, all who is interested in orienteering and how the fastest runner in the world are preparing and thinking during um, uh, competitions. And that was uh, successful, guys. Uh, this season we have behind us. And uh, yeah, maybe we should uh, talk a bit about what to look forward to in the 2024 season uh, since we have uh, changed calendar and opened the 2024 calendar. Uh, what do you think about um, the World Cup? Uh, not only who will uh, be the good names, but also about uh, the schedule and uh, yeah, exciting races. Yeah, so the the World Cup will start in the end of May with first the sprint weekend in 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 Switzerland with a sprint and a knockout sprint, and then there is uh, the weekend after it's a, another World Cup round in Italy with a sprint and a sprint relay. Uh, so of course these. Two weekends is very important uh, in the lead up to the world champs of sprint. So uh, I expect this to be full uh, participation. Everyone will be there, uh, very high level. It's a good test one, one and a half month before the world champs. Uh, then, of course, the world championship in the summer is not a part of the World Cup. Um, and then we jump to August where there is the European champs in Hungary, uh, middle distance, long distance and, and relay that is a part of the World Cup round. Uh, always with the uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit questionable with the European Championships so close to the World Championship because I think then yeah the top runners they are preparing mostly for World Championship the whole the whole 2024 until mid July in the World Championship and then they have one month or something like that to uh, to turn over the focus to 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 the forest uh, so maybe we will see some interesting results here where some people some of the good all rounders they are focusing too much on the sprint and they don't have enough time to get back in top top forest shape for the European Championship uh, while other runners that maybe are focusing only at the European Championship and not on the sprint they will have advantage there uh, and then we end the World Cup with a round in World Cup round in Finland in the end of September which I think will be very very competitive with a lot of the, all the top runners, they will be there and they will be very motivated because of the upcoming world championship in similar terrain uh, in 2025. So I think it's a good, it's a good mix this year. I think it's a good thing that they are doing the a full sprint round in the spring before the before the world champs and then a full forest round in the autumn that is in similar terrain to the world champs the coming year. Uh, that's a great way to get all the runners to prioritize these races and we will see some really good competitions here i think yeah and i uh, i especially liked uh, last world cup round uh, who will be a pre world uh, championship uh, 2025 uh, with uh, yeah great competitions there um yeah and uh, it will be exciting uh, to see uh, in the world champs we need to uh, uh, talk a bit about that. Uh, I saw uh, Chris Jones, he was uh, summarizing his uh, training on uh, X, uh, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, 
it has not been so much orienteering for him this season. But uh, we hope uh, he pick up the map for uh, 2024. Yeah, and we expect him to be. I expect him to be very, very competitive. He was he was close to a medal in the sprint in in Denmark last year in 2022. Uh, but he, yeah, he skipped the control. And even if he ran into third place time, of course, then he was disqualified. Uh, so I think he will be one of the guys we should definitely look out for. Um, and he's not the only Brit we should watch out for. I mean, on the women's side, Megan Carter-Davis should be one of the big favorites. Uh, on the men's side, Ralph Street has been having a fantastic sprint season in the last half year of 2023. Uh, so it will be really interesting to see the Brits on the home ground. Uh, yeah, maybe they can win the sprint relay. Maybe they can get at least one individual medal. Megan Carter-Davis is the safest card but both uh, Chris Jones and Ralph Street also is good enough to win a medal I think uh, and then of course yeah world championship on the women's side it's always to Alexandersson that is the big favorite uh, but there are there are there are girls that can challenge her if she makes mistake and I still think that Tuve will be she will be the best so if she does a good performance no one will beat her but she needs to be at her best to be able to win uh, because if she makes if she makes a mistake on 15 20 seconds that could be enough for for the other ones to beat her on a good day uh we have uh, talked about uh, Ralph Street he was in the podcast IOF uh, podcast uh, talking about this uh, home soil uh, world champs uh, and uh, about advantages uh, being on a home soil uh, in a sprint world uh, champs he was mentioning that uh, uh, he know what uh, where to get the cereals in the supermarket in uh, Great Britain and uh, he's not shocked about uh, having carpets from wall to wall in the toilet in Great Britain. Uh, do you think there is uh, more uh, uh, advantages of being uh, home in, uh, when you're competing in the world champs? I think uh, I think it's a big difference uh, with a sprint book and a forest book. I think the diff- the the benefit of having a home world championship is bigger on the on the forest world champs and in the sprint it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, so much of the preparation is being made home in front of the computer and it doesn't matter if you have been in the city before or not. Uh, so I don't think I don't think that would be a huge advantage for the Brits. Uh, but uh, there is a home country also in the Europeans, and uh, all the uh, all the Hungarian women are they too young to be up in the top already? I'm tempted to say yes. Uh, I think yeah, uh, they've had some great results on junior level the last few years, uh, but the step up to elite level is still very big. And yeah, especially on the women's side with uh, with Tove at such a high level, uh, it's it's very very hard to go from winning medals at Jaywalk to winning medals at the at the elite level with uh, yeah, with Tove and Simona and so on. Uh, but yeah, I think we will see some. I hope we can see some Hungarians in the yeah, top fifteen. I think that would be a very good result for them at home European Championship. Uh, if it was a sprint race, I think both on the, on the women's side, both Mara Marossi and Victoria Mark should have good chances to be high up in the top 15 uh, but in the forest races i think uh, yeah from 10 to 15 would be a great result for any of the hungarians uh we can uh, also uh, take a journey to czech republic where we know it will be jaywalk uh, this summer uh, and uh, there was uh, many with the um, exception of uh, um Shalupsky and um 
and the sprint winner from uh, Germany. Um, it was quite young uh, winners in the women's class uh, in the J-Walk uh, last year. And uh, this year uh, they will uh, probably dominate also. Yeah, or I think uh, on the women's side we should watch out especially for Evalina Oyanao and Rita Maramorosi, even if they didn't if they if they got beaten in the in the forest races in twenty three, I think they should be the biggest favorites for twenty four. Uh, but yeah, I think junior world champs will be very competitive both on the women's side and on the men's side. It's it's probably not one athlete that will go in and win four gold medals uh, or something like that. So I think it will be interesting, and I'm looking forward to that. I will go there as my first as my first junior world champs as a coach. I've been running one time before, and now 13 years later, I will go as a coach. So I'm super excited by that, and I'm looking forward to it. Czech, the Czech Republic is always organizing good events, so I'm not worried a second about the quality of the of the maps, of the courses, and so on. Yeah, we should uh, give a shout out to Czech Republic. Uh, how much they are organizing in. Uh... Yeah, all the disciplines uh, in the Orienteering Federation uh, the last years. It's been uh, amazing. Uh, uh, but uh, there will also be some exciting uh, club uh, relays. Uh, we know the Relay League, uh, the new Relay League in Sweden will start. And uh, But uh, of course, it's uh, Tiumila Nuklo is the biggest of them. And uh, who will we see in top in those uh, relays, uh, do you think? Yeah, on, on the re- relay side of things, there is a lot of new things. Uh, as you mentioned, the, the Swedish Relay League will be interesting to follow. Uh, the format of Tiumila is going through a big transition. It will be really interesting to see how that works out. Uh, that has potential to become good, but it has also potential of being a disappointment. So we will have our eyes open to see how that works out. Uh, but yeah, sportative, I think uh, we should see some yeah, some good relays. I think on the women's side, I expect EFK Göteborg to continue the domination. Um, yeah, this year they were one and two at Tiumila and they were they were in Yukola quite clear. And they have to be the big favorite on uh, on both Tiumila and Venla on the women's side, uh, especially as long as Sara Hagström and, um, and Simon Eberschold are able to run in good form. Of course, if they get injured, they might open up a bit. Uh, but yeah, I expect the got both to dominate on the women's side. Uh, and then on the men's side, it will be interesting. Uh, we've had two meme victories in the last uh, two years on the men's side in Tiumila, for example, first with Ukoline, which everyone thought they would never win, and then they won very clearly. And then another one with Anthony, which everyone thought they were never going to win. Uh, they have never won before, they will never win. Uh, but they did it amazingly and won clearly. So I think there's another one, yeah, another team that has been disappointing many times now the last few years with Sturatuna always underperforming a little bit on Tiumila, losing so much time on one of their weaker legs uh, and then going on to win Yukula dominantly. Uh, I think 2024 is the year where Sturatuna will win uh, the men's relay at Tiumila. Uh, yeah, that uh, will be exciting to see. We will uh, have the uh, results in that. Uh, we will see how uh, it goes the first weekend of uh, May. Uh, uh, but already there are some... Uh, who are running orienteering these days also uh, in the, in Belgium there has been races uh, this weekend or a christmas holiday yeah so it's the traditional sylvester 5 days i don't know if we can count that 
belonging to season 23 or to season 24, but let's say this is the official start of the 2024 season. Uh, or maybe it's the end of the 2023 season. I'm not sure how we should classify it. But yeah, uh, five days in Belgium, five races. Uh, yeah, Belgium doesn't have the most interesting terrains, but they have some, uh, some that are special in their own way and interesting that way i mean most orienteering maps are in one way or not uh, interesting and we saw some yeah uh, some home home runners doing the best in the elite class on the men's side and then we had a foreign finnish win, runner winning on the women's side so in the women's side anna moilanen from rastikaro who won uh, overall ahead of eva kavankova and then great oy and the belgian runner in third place and then in the men's class, we saw double Belgian victory for Benjamin Anjo and Simon Krekels uh, with the German Christoph Prunsch in third place. Uh, so, yeah, I think these races in Belgium, it's, uh, I, I have no idea how many years it's been going on with this five days event, but it's a, it's a, it's a nice tradition. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of runners that would like to improve their, their compass skills, they should go to Belgium to train because uh, it's always a flat and and very important to be able to run straight very fast. Yeah, those races uh, you mentioned, you don't know how long uh, it's just been since uh, uh, mid-1990s at least. So, uh, yeah, quite a long time. Yeah, and then on the other side of the world, there's always ha- also happening stuff. Uh, we have the t- Yeah, I think the best Belgium runner, at least in the sprint, he is not uh, present because he is, uh, yeah, on the other side of the world. Yeah, I think uh, I think Janis Mitchell, he's, he would also be the best Belgian in the forest uh, at running, running in Belgium. So, uh, yeah, with, uh, with the other Belgians running at home ground, uh, Janis Mitchell has been traveling to China to take part in the Park World Tour tour uh, in china this year uh, i think the first in some years um, before covid or used to be in china basically every year more or less and now it's back up uh, with some sprint races and stuff and we have some 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 really good names there uh, on the men's side we have two of the yeah yannick michels is one of the best sprinters in the world uh, he's been that in the last 10 years and thomas krivda is one of the up-and-coming guys uh, fourth place at the world championship this year long distance and he's also a guy that can be competitive in the sprint races not only next year in in scotland but also for the for the coming 10 years uh yeah and we saw already that uh yeah he is the best uh, down there yeah so uh, so far it's been two races uh, i think both of them is uh, world ranking events actually so and yeah we have the same the same trio in front in both races on the men's side with Thomas Krivda winning ahead of Janik Michels and Jonas Hubacek. Uh, quite big margins. I think the first day Krivda won with almost 40 seconds and then the second day he won with almost half a minute ahead of Michels. Uh, so Krivda is uh, obviously in, in good sprint form here in in the new year. Yeah, he is actually coming down from uh, high altitude training in Kenya. And traveling here to participate in these sprint races, and then he's going up again to the altitude. I think. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I guess most of our listeners they have heard of uh, this Orienteer Pod from Ralph Street, uh, Tim Robertson, and Magnus Devet, and they had an interview with Thomas Krivda a few weeks ago that was uh, very interesting. Uh, where yeah, where Krivda is telling a little bit about his altitude training and how he goes to training camps and and all that stuff so that's uh, that's a good listen to just put some time into 
Yeah, and uh, he is not uh, afraid of traveling uh, when it's a bit off season. Uh, so, so, uh, and he's not afraid to travel uh, to to this uh, park world tour races either. And uh, we have some uh, also uh, uh, seen some results in the women's class here. Yes, I, I've only been able. We've only been able to find the women's results from one day, and there we saw Jana Petrova, the Czech girl. Winning very clearly, she won with almost uh, over a minute ahead of Lune Brockman, the experienced Norwegian runner. And then with the um, Italian girl, Martina Palumbo, in third place, but she was two minutes down. So, yeah, these races are, are not so competitive. I think one of the issues was that the whole thing was announced very, very late. Uh, so it wasn't a lot of time for runners to uh, to be, yeah, to find time in the calendar to go here uh, i think most most top runners they had already planned the winter season and the winter training camps when when these this opportunity was uh, announced and therefore uh, the participation participation list is quite uh, yeah quite much thinner than normally than it used to be back in the days uh, before covid when these these chinese park world tours were organized yeah and uh, there will be still uh, i think it's two more races uh, down there and uh, there are also uh, races in South Africa, the big five. Yeah, so that's a, another traditional New Year uh, races or interior races that is going on every year. Uh, it's not a lot of elite runners there. And so far, I think it's only been three races. So we can probably wait until next week before we look at the overall results and who has been winning. Uh, but I see that in the men's elite class, Axel Granqvist has been winning all the three races uh, that has been organized so far. Uh, and I think that's that's not a big surprise. Uh, he's a very, very high high quality orienteer. Uh, and yeah, when he's going to races like this and there's not that many guys that have good international results to show for, then he should be he should be winning quite clearly. Uh, Granqvist, uh, he was called uh, orienteering uh, Bradbury in Sweden. Two years ago, <laughs> yeah, because he won the he won uh, the Swedish championship in knockout sprint because he he was basically dropped and then everyone else did a big big mistake running in the wrong road and then he passed everyone. Yeah, uh, Bradbury he was the short track runner from uh, Australia or was it New Zealand? Australia, uh, yeah, he won yeah. the won the Olympics in two thousand two where everyone else were falling. So that was. Uh, yeah, I think in in my lifetime, that's one of the most iconic moments if, in sport. So if we have young listeners that have never heard about this guy, Google Stephen Bradbury uh, and go to YouTube and, and watch those races. That's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, then uh, Grandquist, uh, Oxel Grandquist uh, took a Bradbury. Um, uh, from Bradbury to uh, one more experienced runner who is... Uh, has been uh, yeah stable in world elite uh, the last years. Uh, really interesting guy who is we have been uh, talking to in front of this episode. Uh, uh, Ruslan Glebov uh, or Glebov. I don't know what's correct there. Um, uh, how should we present him, Ivo? Uh, well, Ruslan Glebov. I, I think he, you can we can say that he's one of the of the legends of modern orienteering. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been around for a long time. Uh, been winning medals, world championship several times uh, from Ukraine. So he's not been, yeah, he's not having the biggest support team around him from the national team. He doesn't have the most the 
we just have the best opportunities financially and stuff like that with support from the federation with training camps and stuff like that and still he's been able to yeah to reach a, a level very very few uh, from his country has ever reached. I mean, of course, you have the Yuri Omelchenko, the world champion from the, the 90s, and you have Oleksandr Kratov. Uh, but yeah, Ruslan Glebov is, uh, he definitely belongs uh, up there with those names. Yeah, and uh, uh, when you are from Ukraine, it's uh, not only sports you are thinking about uh, these days either. Uh, we're also uh, into that in this uh, talk with uh, Ruslan. Uh, yeah, you can uh, listen uh, yourself. Even National Orienteering Podcast has uh, picked up the phone and uh, we are reaching uh, to uh, Ruslan Glebov. Uh, you are in Sweden right now, as far as I know. Uh, how is it uh, now in the winter in Sweden, Ruslan? Uh, yeah, now it's a little bit snowing outside. Uh, otherwise, it's not that bad. So, uh, yeah, uh, you uh, liked... Uh, the life in Sweden, uh, you have been there for a couple of years now. Yes, right. And uh, uh, you think uh, that's a good uh, base for uh, being uh, uh, achieving top results in orienteering? Mm, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I don't regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, uh, how is it? Uh, are you working part-time or are you full uh, as a sportsman? Or are you... Full de- dedicated to orienteering. How is your life, uh, daily life, going? Uh, yeah, last uh, last three years, um, I do work part time. Uh, I do work seventy five percent. At least this is my contract in seventy five percent. It's a regular work. I uh, I kind of build, assemble machines. Uh, yeah, it's 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 office work in general. So uh, it's not a heavy duty or something. And uh, but I, when I'm in Stockholm, then I work uh, like hundred percent. But uh, I save the days, and then I use it for a long summer vacation. Like I can have three months vacation then, because I already like kind of work in those days. So it's uh, yeah, it works this way. Yeah. Yeah. So then that means that uh, you you will not go. Uh... For a month uh, till uh, till Kenya and high altitude camp in January or something like that to this winter. Uh, no, I will not go there. But if if I would like to, it's not a problem at all. So I can just I need to a little bit better planning and I need to count my uh, vacation days. So it's possible if I would like to. Yeah. Yeah. What what is your plan for the winter training then? Uh, it's no any big uh, exceptional plans. I will go uh, now. It's end of December. I already was one week uh, with a club uh, to uh, in uh, in December. We're in um, Spain and already, and we will also be one week in February, also in Spain. But then it's uh, just a regular. Maybe I will go to mock in Italy because uh, it seems like it will be our selections uh, to Ukrainian team for World Cup and maybe even World Champs. Uh, otherwise, uh, the season will start in April with all those competitions and uh, then I will have a long vacation probably in June, July, August as, as always. Yeah, there is something interesting you mentioning there. You're going with Tuma. Uh... We saw that you're uh, yeah leaving uh, Ukoravin and uh, uh, 
and uh, you are also representing Tume in Sweden now. Uh, uh, why why is that you're doing this uh, cl- change of club? Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's happening this way. Um, it's a bit uh, yeah, it's it's a bit pity for for me for to leave Ravinen. Uh, because I was representing them for ten years, and uh, now it's. But also, it's uh, it's fine for me and feels good to represent Tume because I was running for them also past two years. Uh, well, honestly, to say the main reason is uh, financial, and uh, it's slightly better support in Tume this way. And uh, of course, Ravin is also trying. We, we always try to negotiate and find some issue, yeah, some solutions how it might looks like. Uh, but uh, yeah, from at least next next year contract uh, with Tume is that I will represent them even in Tiamila and all other uh, competitions in uh, Sweden. Yeah, uh, you have uh, achieved a great uh, success with Ukravin uh, and in those uh, relays the last years. And I know it's uh, Tume who will uh, have you there in a crucial uh, leg. But you are also mentioning selection races in uh, in Muk. So that means that you will aim for the sprint champs uh, this uh, summer. Yeah, yeah, probably. At least it's a plan right now. We'll see how it will go with my trainings and um, health. Um, yeah, if health will be fine. Yeah, it's uh, for me. It's yeah, of course work is is kind of important, but uh, I'm not getting younger, and uh, it's a little bit more difficult to show. Um, yeah, to to keep uh, high pace with the guys, with youngsters, and uh, my main reason why I'm um, aiming for walk sprint walk in Scotland is because uh, in 2025 uh, we will have uh, World Games in uh, China, and the World Games are kind of important for our Ministry of Sport in Ukraine, and uh, selections to those World Games uh, will be held next year in Scotland. Uh, mostly, mainly, and uh, so that's why it's kind of important to uh, be as strong team as possible to get to try to get to the uh, World Games. So that's why it's uh, sprint walk is important next year for me. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I understand. So, so, uh, but Harris uh, also, uh, yeah, you mentioned financial, and uh, yeah, there's also some financials about the World Games because I know that the success there will. Uh, Will lead to uh, quite good uh, economical from uh, yeah I know if it, I don't know if it's the federation or the government in Ukraine as far mm. as I know. Yeah, that's actually true. At least it was. Uh, I don't know how actually actual it's at the moment because you know it's a war in Ukraine, and uh, five years ago when we got to uh, World Games in uh, Poland in 2017. And actually, probably last time when it was in uh, USA, in Birmingham, uh, last year, 2022, uh, we really, we, we got some increase in our, uh, in the budget from a Ministry of Sport to our National Federation. And uh, if you compare to to Swedish or Norwegian, uh, budget is kind of nothing. Uh, but uh, it, it was almost kind of double as much as we got before when we were not in the World Games. So normally we have um, uh, the budget approximately of a national team for all activities. It's it's uh, approximately 16, 18,000 euros 
per year for all national team activities, entries, fees, and camps. And you know, it's normally it's kind of one, I know, participation at work can cost that much for all the national team. And uh, when we got to uh, Poland and USA, we got approximately double uh, as much as that. So it was approximately maybe some 30,000 euros. Uh, for for preparations for the World Games uh, and the, yeah for the old team the national team, so uh, hopefully if we will get to the to the World Games in USA or to to China we will also get slightly better budget. But in this at the moment I don't really believe, but I don't really think about this because it's not a main issue for Ukraine at the moment. No, uh, actually you mentioned uh, something that it's uh, more important than uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, sport and economical here, uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, uh, how how is that? Uh, yeah, I know this is quite uh, emotional, and uh, but how does that affect your uh, yeah uh, sporting career? I know uh, thoughts and feelings, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, to think about uh, those who are back home in Ukraine in these days. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's shame to say, but it's already almost two years, uh, a little bit less than two years now, uh, the war is going on. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I somehow, probably most of the people even in the world uh, got used to it. And uh, now it's not, it doesn't feel that that uh, bad or that difficult as it was, of course, in the beginning. Then I thought when it was February, uh, last February, and I thought oh, it's it's kind of the whole season will be destroyed and it was really much more uh, have some yeah impact uh, and some pressure on me even if i was in sweden all the time uh but yeah it, it had some impact but now it's yeah as i said i got used to it and uh, of course it's when you read some news and uh, how Russia attack uh, Ukrainian cities and this all this terrorism, it's uh, yeah, it's difficult to still it's difficult to believe it's happening nowadays. So um, yeah, and it's, it's yeah, still it's, sometimes it's yeah, it hurts. Uh, and I, of course, I have friend there, and you yeah, stay stay in touch uh, regarding the my shape or my mental health before the competition tried to avoid reading news and it uh, like yeah then i tried to live like a normal life and don't check the news that often and then it's yeah, kind of helps a little bit yeah yeah so uh uh the, but uh, does it feel more for you uh, when you represent the ukraine in uh, competitions and uh, show the suit and the flag that you are strong country uh yeah in a way definitely it's it's some change happened also this way yeah some emotional and mental way yeah it's something happened this past two years yeah yeah i uh understand uh, uh is it uh, yeah you uh, have to stay away from the news and uh, and uh, so on uh have it uh is it um uh, yeah, uh, does it make your sport uh, more important, or is it uh, good uh, good to have something else to think about? Also, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it helps somehow mentally just to maybe yeah uh, go a little bit to do some activities or just have a work as well and do some other than just uh, scrolling news. Yeah. 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 Uh, is there? Uh, 
Is there a way that you have uh, helped uh, people home uh, back home there, uh, or do you have uh, have to deal with su- such things? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, some. Yeah, well, I, at least I hope that I help some people uh, back home and also, uh, yeah, in some different ways. Last uh, in the past year, then um, two families lived at my place, and the one, um, yeah, one family lived maybe some half of year at my place here in Stockholm. So they also escape uh, they escape ukraine and uh, now they're in Göteborg. but uh, yeah and also you, you try to support at least the easiest of course the easiest way is uh, financial how you can support uh, yeah so, um, yeah I, I hope that i help but you never know yeah yeah i understand uh, but uh, also uh, uh, coming from ukraine you mentioned uh, Financial support is uh, very little uh, compared to Norwegian and Sweden standards. Uh, um, uh, how is it for you uh, traveling with such a low budget? Uh, and uh, see, uh, yeah, you have to uh, have less camps and uh, so on. Uh, how do you deal to uh, to take the way uh, all the way to a world champs medals with uh, such uh, uh, less opportunities financially? Um, yeah, in, in some sometimes maybe it was more more difficult those days when I had not really some exceptional results when uh, when it, my support from the clubs was not that strong as nowadays. And also, as I mentioned already, it's it's also one of the issues that uh, as long as I cannot get relevantly the same support as um, the guys from a national team of um, Nordic countries. Then I, I try to find it where I can find it. And then it's, of course, uh, the clubs who can uh, support. And um, so nowadays it's slightly better and it's significant. Or it's definitely better and easier for me when it was, I know, some, some 10 years ago. Uh, and thanks God, our sport is not extremely expensive. I mean, compared to some other, some other in the golf or some other sports, uh, and it's also it's possible to to have it quite cheap and low expenses. I mean, yeah, you buy, you book your cheapest flights and maybe run air or some yeah, during the night, or you know, you also book a cheapest car and find the cheapest accommodation. So it's still possible to have it relevantly cheap. And also sometimes in the camps, for example, uh, I do use, uh, especially for walk and maybe European champs, of course, if, if it's possible, if I have a possibility, like a time, um, I normally I move uh, to the place I know, some three weeks before the walk on some York or maybe one month and try to stay there. And this is also decreasing. The, of course, it's uh, all cost is bigger, but it's decreasing in the form of um, per training. I would say I pay much, much cheaper than, for example, go for one camp, one week camp, then go back home, then go come again for one week and something like this. So uh, it's it's possible somehow to find solutions and deals and yeah. It's uh, but uh, do you think uh, that uh, yeah you used to, yeah you were uh, almost uh, thirty years uh, yeah you passed thirty because before you uh, got your uh, international medals. Uh, uh, do you think uh, that's one of the reasons uh, because you need to yeah do it in other ways and maybe a bit more alone. And those big national teams. Yeah, I thought actually 
kind of the same, especially about the young ages when it was maybe more crucial, more important to get that support from a national teams and federations uh, when I was kind of, yeah, uh, stepping to seniors uh, from juniors and it was maybe more important. Nowadays, I don't feel it's such a big difference, at least for me now. So, Yeah, uh, but uh, I think... Uh... Maybe uh, you have seen that um, Yuri Omeshenko, he won the world champs in 95. Yep. He, he must have been one of your idols. And yep. He has walked the line. Yep. Uh, uh, how, how do you think? Uh, yeah, we know that you have silver and bronze from mm. world champs. So, yeah. uh, of course, aiming for a goal. Is it in Finland, uh, maybe? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, do you uh, you you're telling that you're uh, being a bit older, but uh, how, how long do you uh, look ahead? How many years? Oh, Is I don't have yeah. a big goal. Uh, yeah, it's the, well, I don't have any like a particular schedule when I will uh, stop or how many years I will continue. Uh, I can just say that now it feels uh, much. Much easier. Last couple of last years, it feels much easier uh, to see in the future. In terms of, I don't feel that I will stop kind of next Tuesday or something. So it feels like okay, I have a plans this year, next year. So and it feels good. Uh, maybe some years ago when I was around thirty, it felt not not that good. I don't know somehow. And I thought, oh, maybe I will continue in two years. Maybe I'll stop next Tuesday. I don't know. Uh, but now, now it it looks quite still quite bright for me yeah uh, why is that change that uh, it's now uh, quite bright uh, what, what just uh, made that uh, uh, switch uh, yeah it's a good question I don't think there's any one particular reason maybe it's some uh, yeah some some sum of factors some uh, well now I'm kind of have regular stable work in Sweden which is not related to orientation it's quite fine uh, I also have good support from uh, clubs and my, in this terms, my economics or in, from incomes in orienteering uh, are quite good so I can really afford every camp I want. Uh, this is fine. And um, yeah, I also got those medals uh, from work and uh, this has also got me some self-confidence uh, and uh, maybe all these factors, yeah. Yeah, I understand. Now, and for those who don't know, you you got a silver medal behind Olaf Lunones in um, long distance in uh, Latvia 2018 and then a, a bronze medal in um, Czech Republic in the middle distance. Uh, yep. And uh, you are running uh, really good in uh, the Nordic terrains. We saw that you were quite close to the, the best in the World Cup in Norway in the long distance there last year. Mm. Uh, so that that's maybe, yeah, uh, it's uh, European champs in Hungary, uh, some goal for you uh, coming season. Uh, well, it's one of the goals. It's, def- it's kind of not the main, but it's one of the goals, of course, yeah. Uh, so... Um, uh, so, uh, what do you look at? Uh, we all mentioned here uh, medals from uh, middle and long, and we also know that uh, it was a fourth place in the European Champs Sprint. Uh, are you uh, an overall runner? Uh, do you see any specific uh, distance that you are, are your favorite? Uh, 
no, I think it's a more overall runner. And nowadays, maybe I will still prefer more forest. Uh, but I think I'm overall. Yeah, and uh, what do an overall runner do to be in the sprint shoes and uh, and in top shape uh, in the summer in the sprint? Uh, do you uh, change your training anything, or is it just uh, the weeks before? Uh, no, actually, yeah, you, I already made uh, not yeah. Well, you can say it's significant changes, uh, but. Uh, I, I used to do also quite many intervals some years ago when I was also fourth at the European Champs in Sprint 2018. Uh, nowadays, I, because of this European Champs we had in Italy a couple of months ago, uh, I was running mostly yeah, intervals um, on track uh, like months before, and I just Keep, keep going this so I still kind of if I have possibility and it's not I'm not sick and not traveling on the camps uh, I just do uh, those interval sessions nowadays stay same way and already I mean now in December normally I do it a little bit later in the season maybe some in March or something but I'm yeah kind of try to keep uh, pace high and uh, pushing uh, thresholds uh, up higher higher I hope so <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you uh, still yeah you keeping it quite high and uh, do you uh, yeah you mentioned Ravine uh, training anything with uh, Gustav Bergman on uh, those intervals or maybe in his uh, technical sessions or are you both so uh, old and experienced that you are. Uh, Doing your own training. <laughs> yeah, probably the last one. Uh, it's it's actually now it's some past year during the last years when I got as um, like a, a full full time work or seventy five percent work. I'm a little bit less flex. Well, I still flexible in with my schedule, but uh, it's a bit more difficult to have trainings together. So I would yeah, I probably my ninety I don't know ninety nine ninety five percent of my trainings I do alone. And sometimes uh, with someone, but really, really seldom. And with Gustav, we I don't actually remember when we trade last time uh, together. Maybe it was some camp or maybe some some yeah, so somewhere, but I don't really remember when. So yeah, it's a bit strange and actually a bit shameful. But we we don't use each each other in the trainings. But yeah, it's life. That's how it is. Yeah, it's quite uh, tough to have a schedule that uh, fits all. But you're talking about your age. Uh... Will we see you? Uh, we saw Daniel Hubman, he was 40 years old, uh, taking a medal in a relay. Will we also see you in um, uh, 2027, uh, being 40 years old, uh, running your world champs? <laughs> yeah, it might be possible. Definitely, I, I cannot say right now. I, I don't. I, yeah, I cannot say right now that I will stop. I will not show there. So it's all uh, all can be possible. We'll see. And uh, for uh, the next upcoming season, is it? Uh, international medal or uh, podium positions or is it most important uh, team in Jukola or is it the total uh, you're uh, aiming for? Uh, well, it's... Uh, I don't really have kind of really only one goals. Of course, it's good to perform in all competitions really well. Uh, last year's it was one of the main main goals or aims. It's, it was 
clear technical performance or as clear as it, I was able to do it. So, and I didn't manage to succeed all the time. So we'll see how it will feel, how it feels this year when the competition season will come. And, but it's uh, technical performance will be also one of the main goals. Definitely. Yeah. The technical performance. And, uh, when will we see you on the top of the world champs, uh, podium with a gold medal? <laughs> it's a good question i don't know <laughs> i hope soon but uh, never knows yeah thank you at least uh, it was really interesting to have you uh, and uh, here in the podcast and talk with you and uh, good luck with the rest of the training season and then we will see in the mock camp uh, if you are on the track for, towards the world camp <laughs> yeah thank you very much it was nice to be here too thank you The last part to go. Uh, we had uh, Ruslan uh, Glebov there. Um, uh, anything you have uh, noticed about uh, the talk? Yeah, I think it's it's it will be very interesting to see him now running for Tour de Metzenkevi in all the races, meaning that he will be running Tiumila for them. Uh, I think for Tour de Metzenkevi that makes a, a huge difference. Ruslan is the best runner they have. Uh, so, of course, it makes uh, a big difference for them. They can put him on the last leg and then move everyone down to a slightly easier leg for them. And by that, by, by simple logic, that should make the team stronger. And they've been doing, they were in the top 10 at Tumila last year. And they should be able to, yeah, to to maybe go even higher. I think they were number eight or nine uh, this year. Uh, so maybe a top six is realistic with Ruslan Glebo in the team. Uh, on the other side, that's a big loss for Uko Ravinen. Um, yeah, they, especially two years ago in 22 when Ravin was number two at the Tiumila in, in Örebro. Uh, Ruslan Glebo ran a key leg and of course he would have been running a key leg if he was still running for Ravinen next year. So that's a, that's a big loss for Ravinen and a big gain for, for Turo Metzenkevi in Tiumila. And I think also it's interesting, he's mentioning in World Games... Uh... How important that is for uh, Ukraine, uh, but uh, because of the fan- financial uh, part of uh, the sports, uh, you know, he is, uh, he is, uh, he need to have uh, uh, that more to account than a uh, runner from Switzerland, Sweden, or Norway. Yeah, for for those countries you mentioned, the World Games is basically, I mean, it's 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 not important at all. It's a funny race to go to, but it's. Um, you go there and you you run and you try to do your best but in the end it doesn't matter if you win or if you finish 15th uh, the world championship and the european championship is what it, it what's count for these countries but for for some countries like ukraine and i think more of the eastern european countries for example the the world games is is really really big and very important for financing for the for the national team and so so on uh, so i think yeah I will be very surprised if Ruslan Glebo is competitive for, for a top six at the at the World Champs in Scotland. Um, but hopefully he can be good enough so and the Ukrainian team can be good enough so they can get enough spots to go to the World Games in China in 25. Uh, I, I think maybe uh, the World Champs in Finland will, uh, will suit him quite good. Uh, if you look at his uh, performances uh, yeah, uh, in the... In the long distance in uh, Östfold World Cup, uh, the the spring of uh, 2023, he was not so far behind. And uh, yeah, it's a Nordic terrain also in Finland. 
Yeah, and I mean, Ruslan Glebo has been living in Sweden for, for many, many years and been training a lot in Scandinavian terrain, in Nordic terrain. And yeah, the last few years he's been running for Turumetsenkevi in Finland. So he's been competing quite a lot in Finland and there is no doubt that the terrain uh, should suit him. Uh, but of course, it suits also the Nordic runners a lot. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be easy for him to win a medal. By then, he will also be 38 or something like that. And we don't see a lot of runners that is competitive. Uh, at that age, but I mean, Daniel Hubman had proven it. Uh, Thierry Chouchou was also close to 38 or something when he won his uh, last world championship title, so so it is possible. Uh, but I think also next year, uh, the European Championship in Hungary, uh, I think that should suit him very well. He was down there in the autumn to run this Spartacus Cup uh, in relevant terrain, and uh, it seemed like it seems to me that that type of terrain suits him really well as well. So if he's yeah, if he's not doing too much sprint focus and leading up to the World Championship, so he's also very good prepared for the European Championship. I I will not be surprised if we see Ruslan Glebo, yeah, winning a medal or at least the top six in the European Championship next year. Um, uh, that's uh, not easy to expect or predict, but uh, what's for sure that's uh, is that we will be back uh, next week. Uh, with a new episode, if you don't have any hot or not uh, on the, at the end of this episode. No, I don't uh, really have anything. I think the, the big the big thing we are all waiting for is the announcement of uh, the winners of course of the year. Uh, obviously, Jan Kochbach has been taking a, a long Christmas holiday this year, so it's still it's, it's almost a week since the, the since the voting closed and we are still waiting for the results. So that's something to look forward to this week, I think. Yeah, and uh, then we can look forward to that in the next episode. And then there will also be a special guest uh, we are working out. So always something to look forward to with Eva National. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Mannen drar ut och löper orientering med kart och kompass och med riktiga sko. Sikta sågar är det bästa notering för kroppen var lätt och god. Ivo National Orienteering Podcast. Mapping compass, navigation skill, orienteering competition. Jag har mött nog jävligt på Boston här och då. Running like a motherfucker. Ivo National Orienteering Podcast.